Jason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman Mason. Watch us MileHighSports.com. You can listen 98.1 FM. Reach us Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to RMFP.com. Time now for What's Trending. What's Trending. Presented by Silterhar Mazda. Get to Silterhar in Broomfield for a no-pressure buying experience at Silterhar Mazda. Or find them at SDHMazda.com. All right, let's go out to the hotline. I want to bring in a longtime friend talking about Charlie Casserly, uh, was the GM of the Washington Redskins, also GM of the Houston Texans, my old job, and he also has three more Super Bowl championship rings than I do. How are you, Charlie? You didn't get one? No, no, no. I, 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 thought, I thought that you were going to mail it to me. I mean, you have oh, three. Okay. You don't need any more, do you? <laughs> Well, I know we're not going to get any more, that's for sure. So, anyway. Right. And, by the way, you can catch Charlie on the NFL Network and check him out on Twitter, at Charlie Casserly. Let's talk about your uh, mock draft that you put out. I think this one was 2.0. Obviously, you have Trevor Lawrence going first. And the, the thing that I think surprised a lot of people about your mock draft was you did not have Trey Lance or Justin Fields going in the top 10. But let's talk specifically about the Broncos. If you were George Payton, would you, A, trade up to get one of those guys to four with Atlanta to get Fields or Lance if they are available? Would you maybe trade up to seven to get one of those guys? Would you wait to see if one falls to nine? Or would you not draft them at all and go with Drew Locke? Well, there's a big difference between being in the media, uh, and, and evaluate players than being with a team, okay? You only know a fraction about the players in the media. A team knows volumes about them, okay? So what I would say is this. Uh, with, I, if I had a conviction on one of them, I would look to move up, okay? History says you're probably making a mistake, okay? But you know, if you feel a conviction, you go ahead and do it. When I watch... Drew came on at the end of last year. If I'm looking at them all at the same time in college, I would have had Drew behind these guys, okay, which is probably the fairest thing I could say. Lance has uh, got a world of potential in him. He's got a small uh, uh, number of games to work with against, you know, obviously not very good competition. Played poorly in his one game this year against Central Arkansas. His accuracy was horrible. Um I, I still don't know if he's a top accurate guy. Uh, so you, you're really betting on to come with him. You're really betting on to come. And uh, with Fields, big strong arm guy, athlete. Uh, I'd say he's better than Haskins, better athlete, more accurate. Uh, does hold the ball uh, when he's getting ready to throw. Now the thing you got to figure out is it the system? Is it him? Uh, I can't tell that off tape. Uh, you get that figured out if you uh, had access to him. Uh, that's not that hard to do. So, uh, uh, so I punted in the ma- in the draft, saying this, uh, Mark. I may not punt this time though. <laughs> they didn't go after Sam Darnold. Okay. Right. Now I had Sam Darnold coming out of college, right or wrong. We'll see a time better than Lance, better than Fields, better than Locke. So if you got a chance to get this guy, okay, 
for a second round pick, really. And, and, and uh, you know, they, they threw in a fourth and a sixth because the second was a future. Um, if I had that conviction, I'd go after them. They didn't have that conviction. Okay. And, and they, they've got some smart people in Denver. So, uh, they obviously thought that we've already got Locke. Why are we going to take this guy? So that tells you that they didn't like Darnold. I don't know if they're sold on Locke yet. Okay. So that, that's kind of, so what I did is I said, Hey, they didn't like Darnold. You're sitting here. Are you, do you really have a conviction on these guys? Because if you don't, okay, you're probably making a mistake. So let's put, let's put a player here and punch. The problem is, you know, yeah, we have to understand something here. Mock drafts are a world unto their own. They, they, they're, they're called mock for one reason. Okay? And what happens is people start copying them and then start talking about them as if they're true and believe in them. And I don't know uh, uh, if what's true and what's not true. So why do you do a mock draft, Charlie? Are we supposed to believe you? I mean, you just killed your own credibility. (laughs) There's zero credibility in any mock draft at this point in time. I'm just telling you. Now, we come to this week, there might be a little bit because you might have a little information. Okay? Teams most, a lot of times, teams aren't going to make decisions until they have to. Because why? Why make a decision early? Just keep working on it. So, uh, anyway, but uh, I might do something different in this mock draft for Denver. Uh, you mentioned just right there about not kind of coming a decision that you have till you have to. We heard from George Payton, the new Broncos GM today, and the notion of trading up a Rose's press conference. And he mentioned how usually those things tend not to go down until uh, the team that you'd be trading with uh, is on the clock. Now, that being said, can there be groundwork laid before the draft? And, of course, you ran a lot of draft rooms. How many of the trades that, that you would make on draft night actually saw some groundwork laid in conversations leading into the draft? Yeah, the, the one was uh, the Ricky Williams-Champ Bailey trade. Mm-hmm. Um, with with the, the Ricky Williams part with New Orleans, the moving back up to get Champ Bailey, that was Champ Bailey, that was the morning of the draft, but it actually started three, hour, three hours before the draft. <laughs> at that point in time, mm-hmm. a lot of teams make calls, uh, and in what George is alluding to, it, 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 you can't make a trade without the other team. The other team is not going to move out of that spot unless they're sure that the, their guy isn't there, which they may have to wait to the clock to do. <clears throat> Excuse me. But the other thing is, the other team is auctioning the pick. They're holding an auction, and so they're they're going to uh, see what the best deal is, and they're probably going to wait till the last minute to do it. It was one time Jimmy Johnson before the draft did a blind trade up. And I forget who he ended up with. And um, quite honestly, as great as he was, I didn't understand what he was doing. So, or a blind trade back, maybe it was, or something. Mm-hmm. But it, it was a blind trade, and I didn't understand it. We are talking with Charlie Casterly. You can catch him on the NFL Network on Twitter, at Charlie Casterly. Uh, Charlie helped build three Super Bowl champions. Uh, George Payton uh held his press conference today, as Andrew just mentioned, and he was talking about Zoom meetings and meeting with prospects. He said he talked to over 250 prospects, and he said, as opposed to being at the Combine, when you get just 15 minutes with somebody, it's like speed dating. With Zoom, you get 60 minutes. With that, if you were a GM again, would you rather sit across from somebody for 15 minutes or and possibly read their body language, because I'm guessing you're an amateur psychologist by doing that, or would you rather have 45 
45 more minutes, 60 total on a Zoom call, if you had to pick one. Yeah, well, you, you, take this, you take the 45 minutes over to 15. You're not going to analyze anybody in 15 minutes, okay? Yeah. And, and I actually got a degree in counseling and psychology. <laughs> so uh, that's a, it's a long time ago. Right, <laughs> but right, anyway, right. But you're right about body language, look them in the eye. There's, there is something to the look them in the eye part of it, okay? Because I met with a guy who uh, wrote a book about that, and there is something to it after listening to him. Um, I, I think the, the, the advantage of Zoom is the volume. There's no question about it. And there's something to be said for that, okay? You're not, you're not traveling, right, or you're losing all that time. Uh, I, I, I haven't asked people about how, how they felt about it after doing it. Uh, I know it's not the same. Uh, body language, look them in the eye is important. But having that extra time, you're able to get a lot out of it. So uh, uh, there, there, let me say this. It, uh, it's going to be part of the future. There's no question about that. Another thing, of course, that's part of the draft process is the pro days. When you were running Washington and the Houston Texans, how valuable were those pro days, seeing those guys in person in that, in that environment, to you? The value in pro days, first of all, are the workouts and measurables of the players that didn't go to Indianapolis. Because there's always players that you like that don't get invited there. So you're getting that information and you're getting a workout on them. On the top prospects, um, you want your hands on them. So sometimes what you have to do is, you know, if you can control the workout of the drills, that's crucial. Um, you'll also at times with certain, with certain players just work them out on your own. Okay. Is a workout important in the spring? I think it is. Um, and, and here, the pro days I just explained, you're getting information and workouts on players that weren't in Indy. Um, and, even though 90% of the grade is on tape, whatever your number you want to put on it, there's always something that you may want to work out. For example, if you've got three guys rated right there together, you want to work them out and see what the difference is between the two of them, any of them, maybe athletically or how they change directions or you're changing positions. Um, there are corners that never play man-to-man coverage. There's corners that never play off. You want to see them in those drills. There's defensive ends that you want to see them drop because they're going to be a 34 outside linebacker. Those are things that the reason you do things in the spring, okay, to break ties, position transition. The other thing I found, Belichick is old school. I mean, we, we, we started in that same era where it was before you had pro days, and really you just went around individual workouts on guys and made up. Guys would work out two, three times a day maybe sometimes. It was bad. But the thing is this. You spend an hour with a guy, an uh, hour and a half in a workout, Okay, and that guy's sweating. Okay, and he gets tired. He says, "That's the best interview." I'm telling you, that's the best interview you have because you're you're in breaks. You're asking him questions. You're talking to him. You got feel for him in that situation. Charlie, it's probably not a fair question to ask, but I'm going to ask it anyway because you did bring something up earlier that the Broncos and all these teams have more information than you do. When you were in the thick of it as the GM, you had all the information. So it's kind of like each draft pick is its own Bob Ross painting. You have a full palette of colors to paint that picture and see what you like. I understand you don't have a full palette of, of paints on Justin Fields and Trey Lance and Mac Jones. But who would you rather have if you were running the Broncos right now from who you've talked to, what you have seen on tape, and so on and so forth. Who would you rather have as your quarterback next year? Locke, 
Lance, Fields, or Jones? Yeah, I've already answered the question. I can't answer. It's it's no no use asking that. It's impossible, right? Because there aren't enough. It's impossible. Yeah. Which which tell which tells you something, doesn't it? Yeah. (laughs) Okay. That there's no clear winner in that situation. Okay. Um, my answer is uh, Kyle Wilson. Okay. (laughs) So and and he's not a sure thing. So. One more thing before we let the point. The point I'm saying is, yeah, the two young, the two young guys, right now are prospects. Yeah. Okay. And, and they're not sure things. There's questions about both of them. Okay. And the percentage of failure in taking picks high at quarterback is high, and the percentage of reaching for him is high. And I've reached, so I understand. Uh, one more thing, uh, and I know this is something you can answer. Every. Every draft is a crapshoot. It is a gamble, and I certainly understand that. But is this particular year a gamble like none other because you can't be on the field for the maximum number of college games to watch? You and I had a conversation about five, six years ago, and we talked about watching tape, and you said, Eric, the most important thing is actually being on the field before a game to watch the guys work out to actually watch the game that's the most important way to evaluate how much are these scouts and teams hamstrung by not having a full volume of games on these guys and some guys decided not to even play well game tape is is your best evaluator period okay uh, there are certain things you like to see live like attitude okay Uh, athletic ability quickness arm strength okay but the volume of game tape is essential for example, NFL Network today I talked about his rushers. Uh, the top-rated guy in a poll I did uh, was Quiddy Pay. Four games, two sacks this year. Okay, so uh, you got Gregory Rousseau of Miami did not play this year. Joe Tryon at Washington did not play this year. Okay, I'm not grading them down when I look at the tape, but uh, I don't think the good ones it affects the draft or probably how they're going to play. It's all the guys who jump dramatically from junior year to senior year, which you don't know anything about, uh, which you're going to find out on the pro. But everybody's in the same boat on that. Yeah. When's the next? Um, time, when's the next time you're on NFL Network so we can catch you? We are on a lot next week. Okay. Uh, we're going to be on every day from. Uh, okay, I think I'll have to give you to you two o'clock Eastern to uh, six o'clock Eastern. Uh, on Monday and Wednesday, we go to seven o'clock Eastern. Okay. So uh, we've got a busy week. Uh, Charlie, hang on the line. Um, Danny, our producer, is going to uh, give you my address so you can send me one of those rings. <laughs> hey, hey, hey tell, tell Danny uh, he, he shouldn't waste the paper and pen. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Charlie, thanks so much hey, for your Charlie. time. Always appreciate it, man. All right, great to be with you. Thanks for having me. Charlie Castle, three-time Super Bowl winner coming up after the break. We have Masterpiece Roofing, just in case you missed it. Danny, what do we have coming up on that? Well, a lot of injuries in the NBA this year. We'll talk about some of those. Also, hockey and basketball get pitted against each other quite a bit because they share the same season. So we'll talk about some of the comparisons there. Impressive feats happening on both the hardwood and the ice. That's all next right here on Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason on Mile High Sports.